Welcome to the LU Moment. Thank you for listening. I'm Shelley Batanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. Each week, we showcase the great events, activities, programs, projects, and people at Lamar University. So many activities in 2020 have been uh, decreased or delayed, postponed, or just canceled. We're getting used to that, right? But uh, over the course of this year, the Joanne Gay Dishman School of Nursing at Lamar University has continued learning, teaching, serving its annual traditions, and graduating nurses who are ready on day one to serve their communities. And here to talk about the School of Nursing and this year's challenges, but mainly its successes, is Dr. Cynthia Stinson. She is chair of the School of Nursing. Um, welcome, Dr. Stinson. So glad you could join us. Well, thank you so much, Shelley, for asking me to speak today. I always tell people I'm so excited. Anyone asked me to talk about the Joanne Gay Dishman School of Nursing, it's almost like my home. I graduated in the very first nursing class there in 1975. And, huh? um, yes, I did, actually. And then I came That's back awesome. in 1980 and got a second degree at Lamar. So um, it really is like my home. And so um, I'm just so excited anytime, and I'm so proud of what we can accomplish there. I always tell everyone we're probably the one of the best-kept secrets in this part of Texas. So, No doubt. And, you know, this year um, I've looked for good news, and you guys always provide. You always come through. There's always something positive going on at the School of Nursing, and it's kind of been this this gym that I could point to and say, but look what's going on at the School of Nursing. And it, and it really started back, um, you know, during, the, during the, uh, the hard times of the pandemic when we were all kind of, you know, at home and stuck with the Cardinals Care Project, you know, that connected the nursing students with long-term care residents. And can you talk about that? Dr. Elizabeth Long and uh, Michaela Brown organized that 10-week project, and it just, it was so creative and it was so right on, you know, at the time. Uh, yes, and Dr. Long has actually continued to look at loneliness and isolation of our long-term care um, residents. Uh, that's actually her mm-hmm. specialty. That's one of the things that we have at the Joanne Gageman School of Nursing. We have so many experienced faculty with such a wide range of education. Uh, Dr. Long's actually a, a geriatric nurse practitioner. And we were really concerned because one thing that we do at the Joanne Gay Dishman School of Nursing, all of our students are required to do uh, community-based service learning. And they all take on projects and they go out into the community. But when our long-term care Mm -hmm. centers were closed and we couldn't put our students in there and we couldn't put visitors on there, we really looked for a way that we could still have that that caring attitude that we as nurses need. So what we started was, um, it's actually like a pen pal system where we assigned nursing students to residents and they actually wrote letters and sent poems and did artwork. And surprisingly enough, many of the residents actually wrote back to our students. Mm -hmm. And we're hoping once the long-term care facilities are more open that those students can actually go in and actually meet their pen pals. And uh, some of our students have ever even said they're going to keep those relationships up. And we started that um, back this summer, actually, I think at the end of May, and we're still continuing that today. So our students are still doing that project, and uh, we've written some articles, and we've received some really good media on it. But I think more importantly, I think we've made a difference for some residents that would not have had anyone uh, if it had not been for our students. 
Well, and that's just it. I mean, these these elderly people are in these facilities, and they can't go anywhere or do anything, and they can't have any visitors. And so these are really uh, life-giving uh, touch points for these these folks, and and um, I, I think it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal for both too. The, the students are learning as well, and to keep those relationships is incredible. And you touched on something, Dr. Stinson, the fact that um, nursing is very hands on, and so I'm I'm curious to 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 know how that's been maintained. And um, in my curiosity, I saw that um, grants were received for enhancements in the simulation lab. And um, and I'm assuming that that's how you continue the experiential learning is through the simulation lab and the different equipment that you have there. Can you talk about how you continue the hands-on learning um, through a time like a pandemic? Well, it's interesting that I would say that the simulation lab actually is just one of the ways that we continue that. I don't, I'm not sure a lot of people really realize that uh, during the pandemic, we have continued to have our labs where our students have come in and actually practiced their skills. And also, our students, as of July, uh, probably the first part of August, actually, have actually been back into the hospital uh, working with patients. And also, they've been in the community settings, uh, schools, public health, home health, uh, working with patients. But you mentioned our simulation lab, and it's one of the probably one of the best labs in Texas. And I can say that because I have people that come to visit our labs all the time. It, it's actually uh, a mini hospital, actually. It has medication carts and crash carts, and we have a central supply room, and we actually practice giving blood transfusions and starting IVs. But uh, one of the grants that well, we actually received two grants, um, one was from the Mamie McFadden uh, Heritage Foundation. The other one was for the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board. Both of these were received during the COVID epidemic to help us uh, continue the education of the students. And what we plan to do with this is to purchase older adult mannequins and um, who have wearable simulators, which will help students understand what it feels like to have visual impairments, uh, mobility restrictions, tremors, hearing problems. Um, we may even use the simulators to help them realize what it, how difficult it might be to administer your own medications when you have those problems. Right, um, right. And it's also going, we're also getting skilled trainers, and what these are is are simulators that our students can take home with them to mm-hmm. practice skills at home. Uh, yeah, that was actually um, written with Dr. Chisholm, uh, Dr. Curl, mm-hmm. Dr. Bell, and myself. Um, yeah, we worked on those grants, so we're really excited. It's about probably with all of those, probably close to one hundred and forty thousand dollars in grants that we received, and we've also gotten some other grants because of the COVID epidemic that we're working on. Yeah, I, I saw that the, the, the wearable simulator seems so interesting to me. So that the 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 students actually put them on, and they have this like a sensitivity suit. I think is what I saw with a walker and. Um, visual impairments and mobility restrictions and tremors and hearing problems. And so they actually feel like they're having uh, those situations. And, and I, I, that just seems a, a great way to uh, gain empathy for a patient, right, is to actually experience what, 
what they're experiencing. So that's um, that's incredible. Uh, and grants came from uh, Mamie McFadden Heritage Foundation, um, twenty nine thousand, and then from the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board, one hundred and eighteen thousand. So congratulations on on those two awards. And it's it's working apparently because our nursing grads ace the national exam, right? <laughs> That's right. We were so excited. We were really nervous what would happen in May since we had a complete shutdown like everyone else did on campus in March. And then our students went and took boards on boards uh, in May and uh, did above the national average, above the average in Texas, and uh, aced it, as you said, did really, really well. Many people don't realize to be a registered nurse that all registered nurses in the country take a national qualifying exam, which actually... um, shows how well your education is compared to, let's say, a hospital in New York or Massachusetts or wherever. So the rates are um, calculated Uh. based on those rates in the United States. So to say that our school aced it and we did above the national average and above the state average is is really, really good. And I think using the simulations, and I can't stress enough, though, the strong faculty that we have. Um, I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how. I don't Mm -hmm. want to say lucky, blessed, or um, what word to use, but um, our faculty come from every level of training, education, and experience. So, I mean, they're top-notch, too. You, you know, equipment's really good and grants are really good, but all of it's only as good as the people that are teaching it. Exactly, and the commitment. And you guys seem to just be so committed um, to to your nursing students. Um, you know, the first time National Pass rate is 92% and Lamar University's first-time pass rate this past spring was 97%. I mean, that's just, congratulations. That, that, that is amazing. And, I, and it's not that that was a one-time thing. Since 2013, Lamar University School of Nursing has received accommodation, meaning their rate was above the national average um, every year except one time. So this is a, this is a, a regular thing for you. This wasn't just a first time uh, happened this year. It happens on a regular basis. So um, that's that's a big deal, and you guys uh, and your faculty are to be celebrated for that. And at the same time, I mean, I, I we get these rankings all the time, Dr. Stinson, about affordability. You know, Lamar University um, offers ex- exceptional um, nurse exceptional nursing school, and it's affordable. And so you were just ranked as one of the most affordable uh, nursing schools by Value Colleges, um, you know, in the country. So that's that's another. Um, attribute to to the program that uh, that is meaningful and makes it desirable for people. And I know it's competitive. I want to talk about that real quick. How many nursing students do you take every year? Um, we admit in the fall and in the spring, uh, anywhere from 70 to 88 students. We usually have an applicant pool of anywhere from 180 to 200 apply for the fall mm-hmm. and the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that you mentioned that I think is really important is that we are affordable. Um, the other thing that I'm very proud of is in 2014, we actually received a grant from the Arnold P. Gold Foundation for what we call yeah. a white coat ceremony. Uh, we actually yeah. have our current white coat ceremony that we had this year posted on our uh, Facebook page. Um, but we had over 12 million people that viewed that white coat ceremony. And that's where we actually cloak our students, and it's a ceremony for them to realize that they are taking on responsibilities actually for humanity. But the reason we receive that grant and we receive we receive it every year now 
is because of our diversity of our students. Uh, we have uh, different ethnic populations. We have um, one thing I'm really proud of, the national average for male nurses is about 12%, and we wow. need male nurses. We have about mm-hmm. 25% in our nursing 25. program, but we, yeah, so, so double um, I'm really average. proud of our yeah. diversity. I think that's really important that nurses uh, serve humanity, and we reach all populations. So we, we really stress that cultural diversity and how important it is. Well, and our nurses seem to really serve the community, too. Um, there's a there's a, a faith in nursing program. Um, I think, are you involved in that program? I know you're a presenter um, at times, like to the Alzheimer's Association and things like that, but then we have some of our nurses who are also involved in the, the community of faith nursing, and I, I'm probably getting all my facts mixed up, but can you expound on maybe your um, your what you present on in the community and and um, and then maybe the community of faith and nursing. Well, we actually have one of our faculty members that actually uh, collaborates with that and coordinates that, and it's called Faith Community Parish Nursing. And uh, she actually uh, helps give continuing nurse education hours for nurses all over the United States through that program. And it's uh, Dr. Uh, Becky Seymour. Um, she actually works... Uh, at Baptist Hospital with Faith Community Nursing, and she's a full-time faculty member with us. And so some of the topics that we've presented on is just what we started out talking about. Dr. Long's presented on isolation and loneliness. Uh, mm-hmm. I've presented on mm-hmm. compassion fatigue. Uh, I've done some presentations on Alzheimer's disease. Uh, actually, the last one I gave was, gave was not your grandpa's Alzheimer's, t- talking about early-onset Alzheimer's disease uh, We've talked about uh, legal issues in nursing. We've talked about um, the importance of uh, caring for uh, the young. We cover all populations, but uh, it's a way that we reach out to people all over the United States. And uh, wow, it's a mm. so it's it's really and you can actually be certified to be a parish faith community nurse. And a lot of these parish nurses, faith community nurses, go into their temples, they go into tabernacles, mm-hmm. they go mm-hmm. into their uh, churches, because even now, even maybe more important with COVID, people are really turning sometimes to their spiritual centers yes. of faith right. for help. And what better place to get also the physical, emotional, and psychological needs you need. So we have nurses that actually work in these spiritual settings. Yeah, it's fantastic. I wasn't aware of it, so I was really, really interested in that. Uh, we've got about 15 seconds. Um, Dr. Stinson, tell us, if someone's interested in the School of Nursing, where should they go? Uh, we have a webpage they can go to. It's the Joanne Gay Dishman School of Nursing. Um, they can also uh, call Lamore University to the admissions office. Um, I can okay. give them a number. It's 409-880-8817. And we can put them in contact with someone that can talk to them. Again, that number is 409-880-8817. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. So much good information. Great news coming from the Joanne Gay Dishman School of Nursing at Lamar University. And we're so proud. And we're thankful that you are listening to the LU Moment. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University, the pride of Southeast Texas.